0: I speak as the oracles of God. I speak with grace that only God supplies. Thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you for the move of the spirit. Thank you for the effective work of angels. Thank you for the gifts of the spirit in demonstration. Thank you. That there shall be no contradictions in your word. It shall be preached with Poise and with power. It shall be divided precisely and accurately in the knowledge of Christ. I have clarity. I have noble expression and utterance and boldness. I speak the light of your word. Thank you for comprehension and understanding for your people. Every heart shall be fed and shall be satisfied. And we shall be edified because Jesus is glorified. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. So we are, I'm sure today we would have to finish with staying above in an unbelieving world. Staying above in an unbelieving world, 14. And next week we'll be starting a new series. Yeah. So, so far we have actually Being able to realize that one of the things that is very devastating for the believer is unbelief. Amen? And so Jesus rebukes unbelief. And he would suggest that we do the same. And it is the thing that the enemy uses so that we are not able to live the word of God. And then he frustrates us as believers. Are you here with me? So you have been made to understand in all of these that you have been wired in such a way that without the word of God, you'll be frustrated. Are you here with me? Yes. And therefore, you don't have to not believe the word. You have to always believe what? The word. We found out how the word unbelief expresses itself. Okay? In anxiety, in worry, in fear. We have learned all of that. True or False. Okay, we have learned how to think, how to be able to talk to ourselves, because you talk to yourself before you make any other decision. No matter who tells you what to do, when they tell you what to do, you go think about it, true or false. Even in the spell of the moment, if you do it, the moment they told you, you thought about it before. You talk to yourself, you convince yourself that what they are telling you is the best. But when you have the Word of God full in your spirit, when somebody talks to you and they are talking, The world, you counter it with the word. We know that God's wisdom is power. God's wisdom is love. And this power is expressed not in anger. It is expressed in love. Hello. All right. One of the ways that unbelief also expresses itself is in anger. Is in anger. And that's what we're going to look at today. Anger. 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 It's a very short word, but very, 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 very destructive. Very, very destructive. People reject everything they are angry with, true or false. Yeah. When <laughs> you are not happy with something, you'll reject it. You're going to see certain things that would amaze you. Look at Philippians 2. That's where we ended the last week, 14 to 15. Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding, and complaining against God. Don't you think that Apostle Paul should be saying, and complaining against authority? But you see what he said, and complaining against who? Is that what you see there? Is that what you see? Okay, and complaining against who? God. I want you to think into it. Many people are not able to believe the word, take the word. Work the word because they have an offense against God, true of us, Yeah, you know, I counseled a lady who has um, um who is SS, you know, and I asked her what her problem is. She was very angry, why should God create her with sickle cells and everybody else is fine? So I told her, God he didn't create you like that. She said, It's God. I said, no, God has nothing to do in the birth process of human beings. What did God do? So, you see, when you don't know the word of God, you attribute everything to who? To God. God. It's not God. Your parents knew that both their blood, this thing, will give birth to a child who will be SS. Hello? But they loved themselves too much that they didn't think about who? You. So, it's your parents, it's not God. So, oh, our parents were believing God. They should first have believed God to take their SS away first or their AS away and whatever. If that one is taken away, then they can do whatever they do and then give birth to you in peace. Don't you think so? Oh, are you here with me? So, if they couldn't believe God to take that away, why were they believing God that you give birth to you and you know not have? Because they were selfish in their decision making. Are you here with me? Maybe they were also deceived. You have one person to marry. If you don't marry that person, you don't have your rib in the right place. Ah. So they have, they said, as for you, God made me for you. From heaven, and God decided that you are the one I should marry. So, if I don't marry you, I've lost my rib. I can't find it anywhere. It won't fit anywhere. So, all of these are distortions of what? Doctrine. Are you here with me? Meanwhile, the Bible tells you the criteria for marriage for the believer marry a believer. Amen. Marry what? Marry what? Marry what? So you marry a believer. So now you have to marry a believer with whom your blood group can work. So for here, when you're going to marry, we make you go do all the tests to be sure that you won't have those problems. Are you getting the point? Yes. If both of you still decide you want to go ahead, then that's fine. That's your decision. So listen to me very carefully. If you are not Astute in the word, you would always make certain mistakes and you would attribute them to God. The moment man sinned, man became independent from God. And whatever man gave birth to, man gave birth to people in his own word Image. And not the image of what? God. Do you understand it? So it has nothing to do with God. Wherever you see God, he comes in to save the situation. He comes in to save what? The situation. Is that very clear? All right. So, many Christians do things, grumbling, finding faults, and complaining against God, and questioning and doubting. Did you see that? Doubting amongst yourselves. The root of it all is what? Unbelief. Unbelief. I was telling some people yesterday, when you are praying and you believe, you know you believe. As a matter of fact, do you know that you receive the answer in your spirit before you see it physically? Because you know, you know you have believed. When you don't believe till you know, hey, are you here with me? So it's not that God didn't give it to you. You didn't what? Believe. Anything a believer does and does not believe, they cannot receive. And you can easily be offended and think that it is God who is responsible. Because you don't know the character of God. Hey, are you here with me? You don't know who? The character of God is that God is good. And we say it all the time in church. The moment the pastor says, God is good. Okay. Yes, you say all the time. And yet you think that He is responsible for things that happen to you negatively. No. How can he be good all the time? For some to in their mind, he's using it to punish me. So sickness, God is using it to punish me. As a human being, do you use sicknesses to punish your children? You inflict sickness upon them to punish them and he said you who are even evil you know how to give good gifts to your children how much more me okay so now he says this is not your nature say this is not my nature, not my nature. I, am not I am not wired to grumble, grumble. to find faults fault. to complain against god <laughs> it is the tool of the enemy I don't question and doubt God. I, don't and doubt God. I, have I have the spirit of obedience in me. Praise God. So now he shows us what we are not. He now go, he's now going to show us who we are. That you may show yourself to be what? Blameless mm-hmm. and guileless and what? Innocent and what? Uncontaminated children of God without what? Blemish, faultless, unrebukable. Hello? He t- he, everything he's saying there, he's not talking about being perfect. He, he's talking about being mature. That you'll be able to know right and wrong, not just by your instincts, but by the word of God. So the unrebukable and faultless there, what it is, is that you are using the word to make decisions. Oh, hello. And that's why he says, in the midst of a crooked and wicked world. Generation. What, what does, it, look, look at the word. Spiritually what? Perverted and what? Perverse. So you are spiritually sound. But you are operating in a system that is spiritually pervert and what? Perverse. I was telling the protocol team. I said, listen, I don't know what happened, but all of us, I started speaking about uh, wives. I forgotten what happened. But I was telling them, listen, it's very easy to be misled by a carnal wife. Yes. Easy. Because women by nature are very selfish. Every decision they take, they take it because of them. So every decision they are making, they are making it to protect them. Because they are receivers. So you see, when they are giving you advice, they have themselves in mind. Oh, you wait. Yes. How it won't come back to hurt them? They must be beneficiaries of it. Very important. Yes. It's true, eh? Yes, I know it's true. Yes, naturally. So, you see, your wife must be spiritual. It is when they, when they advise you, it is spirit-led. So, it is not they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about the bigger picture. And they have God and you in mind. Oh, are you here with me? Yeah. So if you don't see your wife praying every time and doing the spiritual exercises and they advise you, one advice they will never get wrong? That one, whether they are carnal or they are spiritual, that one, they will never get it wrong. That they see that another lady wants you. They will never get it wrong, whether because that one, they are in mind to protect them and to protect their marriage. Are you getting the point? Or to to protect their relationship, so that one they can they they will will see it from afar. (laughs) Hey, that one they will always get it right when they talk. Listen, whether they pray or they don't pray, that one listen. (laughs) That that one, listen. Yeah, they can sense it. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, I heard. (laughs) Very powerful. Because what they are thinking is them. Yeah, this is my precious. And nobody will take it So that one, I So whether they are praying or not, feel free, take it. But apart from that one, make sure that it's a spiritual counsel. It happens even to pastors in counseling. It happens. I'm I'm teaching you how to differentiate between the counsel of God and the counsel of the world. The counsel of the world always has the person giving you counsel in their mind. That the decision you are making, how are they going to benefit? The counsel of the Lord is selfless. So you come to tell me, Pastor, I have gotten this job I want to do and, uh, and we, we start talking and I want to give you counsel. If I'm a very selfish pastor, I'll be thinking about um, how it would benefit me and how Kashito will flow. Are you hearing me? So, so I am in mind. So I'm, I'm lis- listening to that more. And I will use that to give you counsel. But if I am selfless, I would make sure that, okay, how is this going to help your spiritual growth? Are you getting the point? Yes. Is it something that in the end, it will destroy your life? It will make you even go far from the will and the word of God. That should be my priority. Are you getting the point? Then I'll be giving you a spiritual advice. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Yes. All right. So so it is very key to understand that when a man is not spiritually matured and they don't renew their mind with the word of God, they always live in memory, complaint, fault, fault finding, questionings and doubtings. And therefore, they are always the ones in place in decision-making. And not the word of God. He says, that is not you. Say, that is not me. Is not me. Say like you that's, that's mean, that's not me. Okay, so look at what he says. He says, the world is spiritually perverted and perverse. But among whom you are seen as bright lights... Stars or of, of beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. So you and the world are different and worlds apart. You are light, they are dark. The world's decisions and your decisions are counter. What they see right, you see wrong. What creates the problem in our minds? In the counsel of God, there must always be comfort. That is where the problem is. There must always be what? Comfort. So far as it is God who says I should do it, when I do it, it must bring me comfort. It has been one of the major deceptions in moving away from the will of God. Say one of the major deceptions. So you see, the reason why you see people grumbling, murmuring finding faults, And all of that when they are giving divine instructions is because it will cost them something. It will not give them the comfort they desire. They may have to lose something they cherish. And they have cherished for a long time. Are you here with me? But you see, the fact that they are losing that thing doesn't mean that God is wicked. Because it is that same thing that in the end may destroy them. But the decisions of God wields them out of it by his love so they can be preserved. But they see it rather as offense. Is the reason why you see most people fighting pastors a lot? Because they always take you out of your comfort zone that may become a wreck to your life. Are you here with me? He calls you every time, come and pray. Every time, come and pray. Every time, come and pray. Why? Why? You will lose some comfort because you feel good when you are chatting with people and you enjoy it. And then they are making you laugh. (laughs) And then you are gossiping. Then you are talking about people. And then you are enjoying it. it. Says, come and pray. You are talking with Jesus. That should give you more delight. That's what you've been wired for. But it doesn't make sense to you. Because the world has taught you too bad. And you have gotten used to it. Very soon we are here. And then they will call you a witness. The other day, were you not the one I was talking to? And I said that, usimasi, usimasi is like that. And then you know, me? I said, yes, you. We even talked about it and you said this and you said that. You see, I was taking you out of it. And you think that you are losing some comfort. Are you here with me? I'm giving you very practical examples. Very simple and practical. Very simple. But these are things that we easily get ourselves into daily, true or false. Daily. As a matter of fact, when you do the spiritual exercises, now how you talk would even be different. The person raises somebody's issue, he said, oh, these are very petty things. Let's talk about, the person I'm sure needs prayer. Let's Together, pray with them. Ah, that's it. That's the spiritual life. Because now you've you've talked to God. God talks to you so much that now making people a topic is little to you. You develop it. You train yourself. That's how you've been wired. But you are training yourself in the world. May you train yourself in the word. Ephesians 4.26, look at what it says. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And the 27 is very dangerous. Nor give place to the devil. Hey, hello? Nor give place to what? So, Paul is saying, wait. Anger and the devil are one. Wherever you see anger... The devil is present. Oh, are you getting it? Paul is saying, wherever you see anger, the devil is present. Is it true? Okay, let's go to Genesis. So we can see it. Let's go to the beginning. You must always, everything that is a doctrine, you must always check it from where? The beginning. I've taught you that. Okay. So Genesis three, uh, four, verse three to seven, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the first, the bone of his flock and of their fat. Here, people say it was the fruit of the ground that made him made God reject his offering. All of them were farming. Hello. No. Hebrews will tell you what it was. Abel offered in faith. Cain offered in works. Simple as that. Abel was seeking that what he was doing will qualify him. Abel offered in faith, in belief, and in justification by the promise of Christ's redemption. Are you hearing me? Hearing me? So he gave in that. In appreciation and in honor that he has been justified by faith. But Cain was giving that what he was doing will qualify him. There are two different things. So he was following after the pattern of his parents. Whilst Abel was following after the pattern of faith in Christ who is to come. Is that very clear? It is not the nature of their job. That qualifies them. It, it doesn't even make sense. That somebody was doing um, um, rearing sheep. The other one was doing um, agronomy Yes, And so because of that, God says, because you are doing from this thing, I, I, don't, I won't take your... No, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. So please, put it somewhere. Is that okay? Yeah? Yeah. Otherwise... Don't forget, even in the law, they were bringing foodstuffs as offerings. (laughs) Ah, are you here with me? Uh Uh-huh. So it doesn't even make sense. So put it somewhere. Is that okay? Can we go on? Let's go ahead. Good. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. Watch this. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. After the fall of man, that man did not believe God, the first sin That was visibly mentioned was anger. Is it there? Offense. He saw offense in correction. He was full of himself. He was angry against God. You see what Paul was referring to? Memories, complaints, eh? Fault, what? Finding. Against who? God. That's it. Now, look at 6 and 7. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And it's desire for you, but you should rule over it. The word there, if you read there... uh, KJV, sin is crouching at your door. The crouching there represents a being. It's referring to the devil. I'll teach on this when I'm teaching on the theology of miracles. It's going to be our next series in the week, weekday meetings. So the word there references the devil's influence. You have, you have done something. They said, oh, you could do it Right. So you are being given the chance to do it right. It doesn't make sense to be angry. So, so Cain, why are you angry? He said, you are being influenced by the enemy. Somebody is speaking to your mind. He's telling you, God doesn't like you. You see, he's respected this one. He doesn't respect that one. God doesn't like you. He's, He's favoring that person and not favoring you. It always, listen to me, is from the place of unbelief. If Cain had believed to offer. He would have been in submission to God's word. He was angry and he gave room to the devil by killing his brother. Oh, are you here with me? What made him kill his brother? Anger. The subtlety of the devil. That's why Paul says, don't let the sound go down your anger. What he's not saying, he's not saying you have the right to be angry. Kill it. That's what he's saying. The moment you see anger, do what? Kill it. Kill it. Because if you don't kill it, you give room to the devil. And that's exactly what God told Cain. Is that clear? What did he tell Cain? Sin is lying. What? At your door. Yeah. You have to rule over what? You have been wired to rule over your anger. Oh, are you here with me? You have been wired to what? Rule over what? Your anger. Listen, anytime you get angry, watch. It is because of how you are thinking. (laughs) So somebody does something and then the enemy whispers. He thinks you are a fool. And then you whisper to yourself, you think I'm a fool. How you are thinking is what makes you angry. You think the world. You don't think the word. Are you quiet because you are listening very well? That's good. Yeah. It's how you're thinking. How you're thinking. Somebody was talking to me, and he thought he he was speaking sense. And I was looking at him. I'm a man, full-grown man. How can you call me and ask me, uh, 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 where are you? He's talking about the wife. Why should the wife go? Where are you? Where are you? I said, ah, where are you? (laughs) Say where you are. (laughs) What is, what? why are you angry? Yeah. He said, hey, 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 does he think I'm a child? I said, ah, wait. If you call her and she's somewhere, won't you ask her, where are you? He said, I'll ask. I said, so, so why is it that when she asks, you are angry? I am the man. You see how you are thinking. You see the position you have put yourself in. You see, that is what is creating the what? The anger in your mind. It is, it is called self-conceitedness. So you see, it will blind you of expecting the same thing from the other person. Yet you are angry because they are asking you the same thing you, want them, you would want to be done for. Would you want that? Of course, that you call. Where are you? And your wife says, oh, please, I'm here. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. What is wrong in you two saying, oh, I'm here? I'm... What is wrong? Yes, yes. And if you think that what, where you are is not a, <laughs> it's, it's not a, Rather, humbly, are you getting a boy? But, but don't use anger. So, so, so good. So, you know what it is. You are using Takashi. So what is Takashi? It is the worldly word, wisdom. Yes, it is worldly wisdom. So you come home and you rather. And and you will do it without even realizing you are wrong. Because of how you are thinking. How you are thinking. How you are thinking. How you are thinking. Don't give the devil room in your thinking. Don't give the worldly system room in your thinking. It is destructive. It is destructive. Tell the next person rule over it. Say it right. like you mean it. Rule over it. Look at how the epistles speak to it in 1 John chapter three, verse twelve to thirteen. Everything that happened was explained. Epistles. And not be like Cain, who took his nature and got his motivation from the evil one. So you you thought I was just thinking that, oh, okay, the devil was at the door. No, now the epistles has made it clear. He took his nature and motivation from the evil one. It was the devil who was pushing him to be angry for nothing. God doesn't like you. God has not favored. He's favored Abel. He has not favored you. Watch this. Although Abel was the one who did right, before God, he was the one who died. Doing the will of God does not always lead you to comfort. But if you know the benefit of it, you will still do it. Are you here with me? So he said, ah, I'm praying for long life. And then somebody will say, "Fool." He's died a foolish death. Then Abel first died a foolish death. You see how Christians think like the world. So then it means Cain rather had long life when he did the wrong thing. You see how the world can fool us. The one who did the wrong thing was the one who lived long. As a matter of fact, do you know what God did? God placed the mark on him that nobody should kill him. Because, listen, the essence of our living is to know God. So even if Abel was killed, Abel has fulfilled destiny. Because he will live in eternity with God. That's why he says he does not love the death of the unrighteous. He hates it. He would prefer that the unrighteous will live. So they will have longer opportunity to turn to him. Is it making sense to you? That's the God you are serving. He took his nature and got his motivation from the evil one and slew his brother. And why did he slay him? Because his deeds, activities, works were wicked and malicious and his brothers were righteous. Are you hearing it? Are you getting it? He was self-motivated. Abel was God-motivated. What motivates you? Is truly who you are. So said, do not be surprised and wonder, brethren. The world detests and pursues you with hatred. I'm telling you. Listen to me very carefully. If you decide to live this course, the world will always hate you. The world will always call you a fool. The world will call you names. And that is the cross we carry. He said, take up your own cross and what? Follow me. Oh, are you here with me? Yes. It has its great opportunities. And it has its persecutions that come with it. But I can tell you, its benefits outweigh its persecutions. Praise God. There are great rewards. That comes with living in the will of God. Are you here with me? Praise God. Am I speaking to you? So the first manifestation of sin, sin consciousness, was offense, envy, and anger. Watch this. You know that some people said Jesus was angry. Look at Mark chapter 3, verse 5. And when he had looked around, ran about them with anger. With anger. That's how Mark put it. And that's how the translation in the English. So there are certain things I've told you. If you read in English, the Bible was not read, written in what? It was written in, hey. It was written in what? Greek and what? Aramaic. Where? No. In the New Testament, is Greek and Aramaic. In the Old Testament is Hebrew. And then there's also have a few translations in Aramaic as well. Are you getting a point? Yes. So don't read everything in the Bible and take it, hook, line, and what. Okay? So if you read from Genesis and anger was motivated by the devil, Jesus cannot be angry. So you must understand the consistency of scripture. Are you getting a point? So then you must look into it. And be sure to find. So the word, the word there, we see the word there is, the word there is orges. Is what O R G E S. It means passion, passion. Earlier used for controlled passion, not an outburst. Controlled passion, not what an outburst. Are you here with me? Uh huh. Did you see the word following it? The root word is orago, swell up, change of what? countenance so mark was referring to change of countenance and that's what you could see in the next phrase let's go to mark 3 5 again so sometimes the word used you can't find its synonymous word in the english so it's like you don't have a choice but you use the english word that is close to it is that very clear and that's what happens in translations is that clear but then look at how it was described, which will tell you the import of it. And when he had looked around about them with anger, watch this. Being what? Being what? Grief. So is it truly anger? No. grieved, Sad. That's why Apostle Paul will say in Ephesians 4, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Is that very clear? So he was not angry, he was grieved. So the the word there represents somebody who knows so much what they can get out of what he's giving them, yet their hardness of heart is stopping them. Is it making sense? Yes. Okay. So it's like a father who knows so much how the child would receive if they take the counsel he's giving them. So he looks at them with sadness. Are you getting the point? Yes. And a sadness of heart. Because he knows the value of what he's trying to give them. But their hardness, their stubbornness will not allow them. Is that very clear? Okay. Okay. So the phrase there actually speaks to sympathy. Emotion of sympathy and tears. The word grief there is the word... Silipominus, 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 which is one is unhappy. It is from the word silipio, to be unhappy. So he was sorrowful for the hardness of their hearts. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Okay. Look at Matthew 5.22. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Hello. Oh, hello. Yeah. So Jesus can say, don't be angry. And then he will be what? Angry. And that's how people sometimes interpret the sovereignty of God. Now, God can say something that you don't do it. But because he is God, he will do it. But when he is doing it, he is doing it for a good cause. So it is good. But he will tell you not to do it. It's a lie. It's what? It's a lie. Are you hearing me? Yes. Do you understand it? So he is telling you not to be angry. He can't be angry. Is that clear? So I'm sure most of you are going So you've seen, you've seen places in scripture where it says, you fool. So you're asking, hey, so then whatever I've told you, you use it to apply. The fool there is not the word we mean fool. Do you get it now? Uh Uh-huh. When we say you're a fool, you're a fool. And you're saying, what we are saying is that you've lost your dignity. It's like you you are useless. Yes. That's what the word fool in the English means. The root of it is not what it is. Fool actually means in the Greek dullness of heart. Not able to perceive truth. <laughs> Does it make sense? uh uh-huh. So when Jesus, when they are saying Jesus, are you fools, what his reference is that you should be able to perceive truth, but you cannot perceive it. You have a dullness of heart. Are you getting the point? Uh-huh. He's not saying you are useless. You are good for nothing. Oh, are you here with me? Yes. Uh, am I teaching you well? Do you really understand it? Yeah. Okay. So these are some of the things people see in scripture and they think that the Bible is not consistent because they don't have understanding. They don't have understanding. Okay. Look at Romans chapter 12, 19 to 20. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give, pla- rather give place to wrath, but rather give place to wrath. So you see another word here. If you don't read carefully, you think that he's saying that what? Eh? He's saying, get angry. Give space. So, so, so you see, translation problems. If you don't have understanding, you say, oh, from today, my wrath is going to go to the next level. Paul said, I should give place to wrath. No, what he's saying is that, let there be room not to be angry. (laughs) Okay, how do you know it? For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Eh? Uh Uh-huh. So if he's telling you to be angry, why would he say that vengeance is mine, I will repay? If he's telling you be angry and repay them, so he's saying make sure that people will wrong you. So always make room, give allowance to the fact that you will be offended, so you don't get angry by heart. Oh, hello! <laughs> tell them that's why you have to be taught. Tell them, please tell them like you mean it. So don't sit at home and say, I understand. Yet you go to school. Why don't you sit at home and say, I understand? You go to school. Some of you, you do online courses. You are taught from abroad. A man you don't know anything. You don't know anything about. You've never seen it. They teach you. And then you understand the course and you write it and you pass. But it's difficult for you to submit yourself to be taught in the word. It is all part of the devil's trick. Because the more you are ignorant of the word, the more he has room to operate. Hey, are you hearing me? Yes. He has room to operate. Okay. Now look at the verse twenty, please. Look at the verse twenty before you say that God is repaying judgment. Look at the verse twenty. If God is repaying judgment and He says I will repay, that verse twenty nullifies it. Go. Therefore, if your enemy is what hungry, do what. Feed him. So the one who is offending you, that wants you to be angry with him to show wrath, he says, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. And then somebody will say, hey, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. So you have been taught. Mm-hmm. Whilst you are giving him food, la, adjelo o Whilst you are giving him food, la, ajel o Fire come upon your head. Once you are giving him the food, you are saying it in your head. You see how bad you have been taught. The expression, heaps, heap course of fire on his head, Paul is using an expression in the Roman culture, where people's offense are taken by other people, by heaping course of fire on their head. So rather, it is taking somebody's offense to show him forgiveness. So it has nothing to do with that. Whilst you are giving the person that God is punishing them. That's not what he means. No. So he was using a practice, a cultural practice within the Roman culture. So they understand very well what he's talking about. Are you hearing me? So he's not saying, give something to your enemy. But when you are giving him, Wait. So you are waiting. So most of us are sitting there waiting. Whilst we give them food, whilst we do good to them, we are waiting for the punishment to come. And it's never coming. And you are frustrated because that's not what it is. The God, while you were yet sinner, Christ did what? Died for you. Why are you waiting for him to punish somebody? In your sin, he didn't punish you. He came to save you oh, are you hearing me? That is his character. Say, that is his character. character. So if you're a wife and your husband is worrying you and you're still serving them food nicely and you're loving them and you are waiting (laughs) for the day they'll be punished. You are loving the devil to use you. It is not the word of God. It's not the will of God. The same applies to a husband. The same applies to a worker. You are working for somebody. They are cheating you. And you are waiting for the day. Let me tell you what happens. Do you know the scripture that says that your sins will find you out? Achan, your sins will what? Find you out. It is the sins of people that expose them. It's not God. It's not God. It has nothing to do with God. It has nothing at all to do with God. When you are practicing something and then you are being talked to, and you don't listen to it. Do you know that when you are doing certain things, and you get to a point, you think you have mastered doing that wrong, so you lose your guard easily. So at a point of our confidence, we we'll made them catch you. And sometimes they catch you at a time when you didn't mean any wrong by your intentions. were. are you getting the point? But it's a practice you've been what practicing. So it has nothing to do with God, no. So, so many things we attribute to God. It's not God. So, for example, you have a man who is always wasting their money outside. And then maybe the wife is doing very well, taking care of the house and all of that, wasting money, wasting money, wasting money. And then opportunities that they were getting stops coming because they were not saving. They were not judiciously using what they had to use. And opportunities don't last forever, true or false. So now that maybe his skill is gone down in the area of service, and so opportunities will not come like before, or his energy is gone down, so he won't get jobs like before, the saving he didn't do will now give him away. And because he has lived a certain lifestyle, and he cannot stop, you can see that it will affect them. Is it God or God? It's not God. Are you hearing me? Is it very clear? It's not God. All right. It's not God. So, so don't give room to anger. Say, don't give room to anger. anger. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. Don't Don't give room to anger. Don't always look that people will be punished. And you're always waiting. It is called bitterness. You have moved from anger. Anger will lead you to bitterness. It's a lifestyle of anger. That's bitterness. Yeah, that's bitterness. And we'll talk about it next week. It's a lifestyle of anger. It's a dangerous lifestyle. I'll give you an example of a certain young man. Bitterness kills. It kills. It kills your life. Whatever you are angry about is, your, is not your nature. Get it out. It is unbelief. Say it is unbelief. Somebody took your boyfriend and you are living a lifestyle of bitterness, of, of, of anger. You are saying that you can't trust God that he can give you a better deal. Yes. Somebody cheated you at work and you lost your work. You were, you were, you were living true to the job. You were protecting their job and they served you. And you are living in bitterness. You are saying God cannot give you another job. So the root of bitterness takes you out of grace. It takes you out of grace. We'll talk about it next week. You are blessed. Grace, grace. At the cross, you called it fitness.